0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Let's give Jesus a big, big, big hand of praise. Come on. Let's give Him all the glory, all the honor, all the praise be to you, Jesus. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I don't know if we can get the pulpit up here or the table. You may take your seat this evening. Wow, what a powerful testimony. I almost don't even need to preach after that testimony, you know. That's what I love about testimonies that make the invisible God visible. You can see that there's no doctor, there's no medicine that can heal the paralyzed person. But for Jesus, there is nothing impossible. Wow. Give Jesus a big hand of praise for him. And... And testimonies show us that he's alive. He's alive and he's here in this place. He's here with us, where two or three are gathering his name. He's right here in our midst. First of all, I really want to thank Pastor Vlad for inviting me to this conference. I'm truly blessed. And I want us to give him and his wife and the whole Hungry Gen church a big thank you and a praise to the Lord for their effort. It's not easy to organize a conference, to put it all together. It takes uh, weeks of preparation, prayer, investment, and they've done it because they love you and they love our generation. And I think that God's going to raise him up to impact our generation for the glory of God. He's already doing it, and this is just the beginning of what God is going to do. And I'm so blessed to be his friend and, uh, and to be a part also what God is doing in different places around the world. <laughs> Truly, one thing when you walk into this room, I don't know if you could feel it, but you could feel love. You feel loved in this place. You feel... And that's how we are going to be known as Christ's disciples. is by the love that we have one for each other, you know. Miracles are awesome. Signs and wonders are amazing. And God wants to do all of those things. But the most important thing is that we love people and we love each other. And that's what's going to mark the difference. And people are going to be able to see that there's something different about us. Because we love the way Jesus loves. Amen. Uh, You know, I love the conference title, Holy Spirit, because... My life's passion and desire is to know the Holy Spirit, to be His friend, to walk in His presence. Um, because, I don't know, sometimes I think some weird thoughts like, if I was on earth when Jesus was here, what would I have done? You know, when, if He would have come to Paschal, would I have left everything to follow Him and become His disciple? Or would I have just been one in the multitude that received the miracle and went home? And in my heart, it's like, if I was living in Bethsaida or Capernaum or one of those small towns in Galilee in the times of Jesus, and suddenly I see Jesus, I'll be like, Lord, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. I want to do what you do. I want to know you. I want to learn from you. Sadly, in our generation, Jesus is not here Uh, physically. we, We are not living in a generation when Jesus is on earth physically, but the one who is here is the Holy Spirit. He's literally in this place, and he came to live inside of you. And your desire should be the same way you've chosen to follow Jesus, to be like, Holy Spirit, I want to follow you. I want to know you. I want to love you. I want to learn from you. I want to be used by you. I want to become a vessel of honor for your presence. And that should be our desire. And it's my prayer that in this conference... You would draw nearer and closer to the Holy Spirit. That you would leave this place not just with teaching and learning and um, um, maybe a, a message. But you would leave with an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That you would experience His love for you. That you would experience His, His heartbeat. That you would receive His vision for your life. That you would be empowered so that you be become a witness of Christ on this earth. That you would develop... A, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that you ah, that you would only realize that he's the one whom your soul has been seeking all of your life that he's the one whom your soul loves and desires is the person of the Holy Spirit you know Jesus told his disciples it is to my advantage that I go away and many times we think how can it be better for Jesus to leave like I don't know about you but I would wish that Jesus would be the person speaking tonight, not me, you know. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I said, it is better that I go away. Because when I depart, I'm going to leave another person to be with you and to be in you. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is a real person. And if you get to know him, you would fall in love with him. He's the secret to the miracles, signs, and wonders. He's the secret to the power of God. He's the secret to the gifts of God. He's the secret to revival. Is the person of the Holy Spirit. And many times I feel this verse in my, in my heart when I see what's happening in the church. You know, when Jesus came to earth, he came to his own. He came to his chosen people, Israel. He came to his people and his own did not receive him. And Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and looked over Jerusalem and he wept. He wept over his people. He said, how many times I wanted to gather you like a hand gathers his broods under your wings, but you were not willing. They were not willing. And today... The Holy Spirit desires to come to His own, to His chosen people, His church, His sons and daughters. He desires to hide you under the shadows of His wings. But we are not willing. But we reject the move of the Spirit. But we reject the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And I can see The Holy Spirit many times weep over his church. Because we say, oh, if I would have been in the times of Jesus, I would not have rejected Jesus. I would have become his disciple. But today, you reject the Holy Spirit. We reject his presence. We reject his manifestations. And many times we even call his manifestations as if they were of the devil. The same thing they did to Jesus, they do to the Holy Spirit today. You know to Jesus what they say? Oh, he cast out demons by Belzebul, by demons. They said that Jesus was demon-possessed. They called it the manifestations that Jesus came to bring on earth as if they were of the devil. And today, many Christians, when they see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, they say, oh, that's the devil. They do the same thing. And you know what happens to the heart of God? He cries. Because you know what he desires? To hide you under the shadows of his wings he desires to 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 cover you with his love he desires to hide you in his presence to reveal his heart for you to feel the warmth of his love for you to experience the depths of his love that's his desire and only the Holy Spirit can manifest the love of Jesus for you only in his presence There's fullness of joy. You won't find it anywhere else in this world. That's why the Holy Spirit is the most important person in your life. It's more important than your husband, than your wife, than your pastor, than your teacher. The most important person in your life is the Holy Spirit. He is the only one who can lead you into all the truth. Nobody else. Can lead you into all the truth. Only the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the most important person in the church. He's the most important thing. It's not the deacons, it's not the pastors, it's not the apostles, the prophets, it's the Holy Spirit. And when we realize that and we say, Holy Spirit, this is your church. Holy Spirit, my life belongs to you, that's when we're going to see revival. Because when the, we welcome the person of the Holy Spirit, people he brings conviction of sin he brings the revelation of jesus he's the only one who can save people he's the one who converts people we testify but it's the holy spirit the one who does the supernatural work of the new birth experience it's the holy spirit the one who heals the sick and delivers the oppressed it is by his power that julia walked and what you saw happen in the life of Julia, God wants it to happen in every church in the United States and the world. It should be something common. But the secret is the Holy Spirit. That's why I believe this conference is so special and so important for what God wants to do in your life, in your church, and in your community. I want to share a quick video when we were in Sri Lanka, you know, we've been to over 50 different nations around the world, and what we do is we do youth events where the Lord's called us to take the fire of the Holy Spirit to the young people, and we also do uh, miracle healing services, and we see just every single part of the human body healed for god there's nothing impossible the blind see the deaf hear. for god there's nothing impossible it's amazing so we were in sri lanka south of india a couple months ago and i want to show you what the lord did in sri lanka so let's take a trip to sri lanka when Jesus pours his power upon your life. Those chains are broken from your life. And the sun sets free free indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only believe. In your eyes will see the glory of God. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. This sister came to his auditorium in a wheelchair. Outside. Dang, it is coming out. It is coming out. In Jesus' name. Yes, what? What? Everything. pick her up. Everything. 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 Your eyes have seen the glory of God. He said, If you believe, your eyes will see His glory. She could not see from her eyes. What happened was well, she fell asleep. And when she woke up, complete sight was recovered to this sight. The Lord has supernaturally healed her left ear. And also, completely you can hear. Completely hearing has come to her and she opened her eyes and now she could see clearly. What did you feel when Jesus touched her ear? <laughs> The Holy Spirit. Only the fire of God will change the desire of your heart. He opens the ears of the deaf. He makes the land walk. The tumors disappear. Or arthritis leaves your body. Every, every body. sickness and every disease leaves in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Miracles not physical but it is spiritual. The greatest miracle is when He gives you eternal life. In Colombo, Sri Lanka, Jesus Christ is Lord! Jesus, a big hand of praise. Hallelujah! Every, every place that we go to, we make a prophetic declaration that Jesus is Lord over that city. So I want us to do the same thing here in Tri-Cities, Washington. So I want to <laughs> invite you just to stand to your feet real quick. And um, I've come with a, a friend. His name is Luis, and we travel together all over the world. Let's give a hand for Luis. He's the one who makes all these videos. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, this is a diff- we're in a generation of media, and the enemy can use it for, to destroy, to kill, to destroy, but we're going to use it for the glory of God <laughs> and for the earth to be covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. And it is so powerful that right there from your phone, you can reach the world, you know, you can share the gospel, you can share the good news. So we do a short video clips and we show what God is doing in different nations and then we post them on Facebook and YouTube and it's amazing what God does through these videos. So I'm going to look at the camera. I don't know if it's possible to lower those two lights right there because they're right, if you can lower those, yes, that's, that's perfect. I'm going to look at the camera and I'm going to say, in Tri-Cities, Washington, Jesus Christ is Lord. Whoa. And if you, And I'm going to lift up my hand. And when I finish, and if you believe it, I want you to lift up both hands. I want you to start jumping up and down and giving God the biggest shout of praise you've ever given him in all of your life. That the whole state of Washington will be covered by the glory of God. Amen? Let's do this. In dry cities, Washington, Jesus Christ is Lord! Hallelujah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> awesome. Give Jesus a big hand of praise up here. Amen. Amen. You may take your seat. Wow. <laughs> It's heavy the presence of God in this place Wow Ooh. something was released in the atmosphere I can feel it something was released there's power when we shout for the glory of God chains are broken demons flee the walls fall down If you want to see all these short videos that we do from different nations, you can visit the website holyspirit.tv. And you can subscribe there and we will send them for free to your email. And also we're doing teachings about the Holy Spirit from Israel. And about miracles right from the locations where Jesus performed these miracles in Israel. So if you want to receive these in-depth teachings about the Holy Spirit, about healing, you may also visit the website holyspirit.tv. Uh, you know, I sent the link to my wife since she's probably watching live. So I want her to know that I love you, baby, with all of my heart. That you're awesome. You're amazing. <laughs> and... Uh, Truly, she's not seen, but none of—I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it wasn't for her love, for her support, for her prayers. Uh, because she's at home taking care of the fort, the kids, uh, doing everything. But we're a team, and the Lord has sent us with the vision, with the desire for the world to come to know Jesus, to know His love, to hear about His sacrifice, His death, His resurrection, and how through faith in Him we can receive the greatest of all miracles, which is eternal life. So thank you for all your love. I'll be home on Monday, so <laughs> uh, keep us in your prayers. From here, the week after, uh, next week, we're gonna be going to Panama in Central America. Over 3,000 churches are coming together in the stadium to pray for the whole nation to be saved. Now, that's revival. <laughs> so on Saturday, we're gonna be at the stadium. Uh, no, on Friday, we're going to be at the stadium, Friday night. On Saturday, they're going to march in the streets. All the church is going to come out on the streets to march. On Monday, we're going to do training for uh, power evangelism. And then for a whole month, the church is going to go out on the streets to evangelize the whole nation. So it's going to, let's pray for a whole nation to be saved in Panama. And then we're going also to Philippines after that, New Zealand. Yeah, we got people from the Philippines. Awesome. We're going to New Zealand. We're also going to Spain. It's our desire to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's what Jesus commanded, uh, commissioned us to do. Um, you know, I just got back from Israel about four or five days ago. We were there for 18 days. And I took my son with me, and it was a, an amazing experience, probably one of the best days of my life to be able to baptize him in the Jordan River. And... Um, You know, when Jesus was baptized, there was an audible voice that was heard from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And at that moment, I felt a little bit of what God must have felt when Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River. How God is so pleased because he loves you so much when you take the step of repentance, which baptism means repentance, when you make a decision to say, I'm going to say no to this world. I'm going to say no to the desires of my flesh. I'm going to say no to sin. I'm going to say no to what this world is offering, what my friends are offering, what society is telling me that it's okay. I'm going to say no. I'm going to deny myself because I want to follow Jesus. There is rejoicing in heaven. And fa- and, the fa- and, and your heavenly Father is so pleased. And then that same evening... We had a revival service in, in, close to Jerusalem, and we had over like 600 Messianic Slavic Jewish people. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> There's a lot of Slavic Russians who are Jewish that are going to Israel, so God's bringing a revival to them, and they're very hungry and open to the Holy Spirit, and we had an amazing service, and that night the Lord poured out his fire upon my son. And uh, he got touched by the Holy Spirit and he encountered the fire of God. And my heart was so full of joy just seeing my son being touched by the Holy Spirit for the first time being slain in the Holy Spirit. And I felt so much joy and I can't even imagine the joy that God feels when you experience his love and his presence in your life. So my desire is that in this conference you will encounter his presence. But that you would know. That as you make a decision to fully surrender your life to Jesus, your Heavenly Father is pleased with you. He rejoices over you, and his desire is for you to experience His love being poured upon your heart in this conference. There's many different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes people think the Holy Spirit is simply speaking in tongues, which is wonderful, and it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. But that's just simply one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But there are many different manifestations, many different manifestations. He's a person, but he manifests himself in different ways. Last night we spoke about the fire, how he desires to baptize us in fire. Today, I'm going to speak to you about one of the most precious manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which is the kingdom of heaven. If you have your scriptures, we're going to open in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 13. Matthew, chapter 4, verse 13. In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum speaking about Jesus which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan Galilee of the Gentiles the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And verse 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from the capitalists, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Those who sat in the shadow of death saw a great light. Those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. You know, when we were in Israel, we were doing a TV series about um, for God TV. I don't know if anybody watches God TV, but we were doing a TV series for them about the miracles of Jesus. So we went to the cities, to the locations, to the places where Jesus performed miracles. And if you read the scriptures... This is amazing. But he was on a small region. It's so small. You can drive it all in one day. But there were small villages and towns on the northwest area of the Sea of Galilee. On this region that is known as Nephtali, as Sebulon, there were small villages like Capernaum. That's where he went to live. There was Bethsaida. That's where Peter and James and Andrew, that's where they were from, and Philip. There was Chorazin, another small village. There was Magdala, where Mary of Magdalene was born. There was these small villages. There were fishing villages of few thousands of people. And those were the people to whom Jesus was sent. These were Jewish towns. On the other side of the Sea of Galilee... There was Decapolis, which was Romans and Greeks. Jesus was not sent to them. They came to Jesus and he healed them out of mercy, out of compassion. But Jesus was sent to the Jews first. He came to his own. Jesus loved The Jewish people. He loves the Jewish people. Those are his chosen people. And he was sent to them. And he went to their towns, to their cities. And he came with a heart full of love and compassion. With a smile saying, I have great news for you. You are sitting in the shadow of death. You are sitting in darkness. But I come to you with great news. And this is the great news. The kingdom of heaven has come near to you. You who are sitting in the shadow of death. What does that mean that you're sitting in the shadow of death? Like the lad said, we're all going to die. We're all sitting in the shadow of death. Every single one of us is under that shadow. I don't care how proud, how rich, how poor. I don't care who you are, how famous you are. You're under the shadow of death. Ten out of ten people died, like he said. <laughs> Those are the statistics. All these people were sitting under the shadow of death. Just like you and I, we all sitting under the shadow of death. But not only were they under the shadow of death, they were also sitting in darkness. They were under the influence of the kingdom of darkness. A kingdom that kills, steals, and destroys. A kingdom that brings sickness, disease, and pain. A kingdom that brings punishment and suffering and poverty to people. The kingdom of darkness. And here comes the only begotten Son of God, full of grace full of truth, full of love, full of mercy, full of compassion. He enters the town and says, I have great news for you. The best news you've ever heard in all of your life. The kingdom of heaven has come near to you. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of God? Romans Chapter 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy, and this is the secret, in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is made up of righteousness. Righteousness. There's no greater gift that you can receive than the gift of righteousness. Righteousness. The gift of righteousness is the assurance that all of your sins have been forgiven. That you're holy and just before the eyes of God. You can only experience righteousness in the kingdom of heaven. In the In the kingdom of heaven, you're free from condemnation, guilt, shame over the things that you've done in your life. Because the enemy, that's one of his main weapons to kill, steal, and destroy is shame, guilt, condemnation. He attacks your mind. You may know that God's forgiven you, but you have not forgiven yourself. And because of that shame, you enter into depression. You enter into self-hate, self-condemnation. And some people even cut themselves. And some people even commit suicide because of the shame, guilt, and sh- that of the past sins in their lives. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts you of righteousness. See, many people know that the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. And it is true. He convicts you of sin. But the moment you repent, He convicts you of righteousness. He reveals your identity, who you are, before the eyes of God. You are holy, just, and beloved before the eyes of your heavenly Father. And you will only experience that freedom in the kingdom of heaven. There's no greater news than to know that you've been justified, declared just through faith before the eyes of God. That you're holy in his sight because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. The gift of righteousness. You can experience it in the kingdom of heaven. Joy. The Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. This world will offer you happiness. Happiness is temporary. His joy is eternal. Happiness depends on your circumstances. Joy comes from heaven. Joy is unspeakable and full of glory and peace. Peace that surpasses your understanding, peace that protects your minds and your thoughts, a peace that, that you cannot buy with money, that you cannot earn with good works, a peace that you can go around the world and you will not find. This peace is only found in the kingdom of heaven. But the thing is this the kingdom of heaven comes in a vessel, it's like a perfume that comes in a bottle and that vessel is the Holy Spirit you will not find it outside of the Holy Spirit if you reject the Holy Spirit you reject the kingdom of heaven only in the Holy Spirit you will experience the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven the Bible says is not in words first Corinthians 420 for the kingdom of God is not in word but in power In the kingdom of heaven, you experience his power. His power. This is all found in the person of the Holy Spirit. In his presence. The Holy Spirit is the one who manifests heaven on earth. And the thing about the kingdom of heaven, about this manifestation of the Holy Spirit... You cannot see it with your eyes. You cannot see it. It's like a perfume. You cannot see it, but you can sense it. You cannot see it, but you can see the symptoms. You know, when you go to the doctor, they cannot see the virus, but they check what? Your symptoms. And because of your symptoms, they diagnose that you have a cold or you have a virus. They don't look into a microscope and start looking for the virus. They look for the symptoms. There are, you cannot see the kingdom of darkness, but you can see the symptoms. The symptoms is what suffering, pain, depression, fear, sickness, disease, killing, destroying, divorce, abuse, rejection all those things are symptoms of the presence of the kingdom of darkness. When you see righteousness, joy, peace, these are symptoms that the kingdom of heaven is present. When you see miracles, signs, and wonders, that's not the kingdom of heaven. Those are symptoms that the kingdom of heaven is present. Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then you know that the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. See, deliverance is not the kingdom of heaven. It's a symptom that the kingdom of heaven has come upon us. The problem is not when we see deliverance. The problem is when we stop seeing deliverance. The problem is not when we see miracles but when we stop seeing miracles the symptoms are gone it means oh, where's the kingdom of heaven we need the kingdom of heaven holy spirit we need the manifestation of your kingdom here on earth that's why jesus taught us to pray let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven why because when the kingdom of heaven manifests on earth the same thing that happens in heaven happens on earth in heaven there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no poverty, there's no lack. There's not even one tear, there's no depression. And when the kingdom of heaven manifests his will, God's will is done on earth the same way it's being done in heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, "That your kingdom come." That's why Jesus said, "Seek first The kingdom of heaven. He didn't say seek miracles, seek deliverance, seek, seek signs and wonders. No, seek the kingdom of heaven which is found in the Holy Spirit. And everything else will be added unto you. Seek his kingdom and seek righteousness, seek holiness. And everything else will be added unto you. Jesus came with this message. Good news. The best news you could ever hear. You know what's the good news? That you don't have to sit under the shadow of death anymore. That you can have eternal life. Because someone overcame death for you. Someone defeated death for you so that you can live forever. You know what's the good news? That you don't have to sit in darkness anymore. Because his kingdom, his presence has come near to you. I don't know about you, but that's the best news I've ever heard in all of my life. (laughs) He would preach the same message, the same sermon, in every city, in every town. He would go to Capernaum. He would preach this message. He would go to Bethsaida. He would preach this message. He would go to Chorazin. He would preach this message. He would go to Magdala. He would preach this message. And he would manifest the kingdom of heaven by healing every sickness and every disease. He would teach in their synagogues about one thing alone: the kingdom of heaven. And he would demonstrate the kingdom by healing, by delivering, by casting out demons, by delivering the oppressed, by healing every sickness and every disease. He would manifest the goodness of God. And he would say, I have good news. You can experience this in your life. And the people came to him and they were healed. They were delivered. And he said, but if you want to experience this, there's two things that you must do, two things. He said in Mark, he said, he came preaching, saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Two keys to enter the kingdom of heaven. Two keys to experience God's presence in your life. Two keys. This is the first step to entering the kingdom of heaven and for the kingdom of heaven entering into you. The first one is repent. Repent is a verb, it's something that you do. It's not something that God does for you, it's something that you do. We must repent. You cannot have this world and the kingdom of heaven. You cannot dwell in sin and have the kingdom of heaven. You must make a decision in your life. What do you want? Do you want to sit in the shadow of death? Do you want to sit in darkness? Or do you want to sit in his light? Or do you want to receive his gift of eternal life? You cannot have both. That's why Jesus would say, repent. And then he would say, believe. Believe the gospel. It's another verb. Believe the good news. Believe that someone loved you so much, so great and deep was his love for you. That he was willing to become sin so that you might become righteous. That he was willing to be wounded for your transgressions. That he was willing to be bruised for your iniquities. That someone took the punishment for your sins so that you can have eternal life as a free gift. All you have to do is believe. It's not one or the other it's both believing alone is not good enough there's many people who believe Jesus is Lord they confess Jesus is Lord and you know what he's gonna say I never knew you because they never repented from their sins it's not enough for you to say Jesus you're my Lord and then you continue to live in sin because you're lying he's not your Lord You must do what you confess. If if Jesus is your Lord, you must forsake sin. You must let go of sin. And repentance alone is not enough. There are many religions that repent. The Jews, they repent of their sins. They got Yom Kippur where they, they go and they repent of their sins. But they have no lamb to offer for their sins. They have no temple to offer a sacrifice. Therefore, repentance is not enough. You need a lamb. You need blood to atone for your sins. That's why Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus would say, If you repent and if you believe you're born of water, repentance, and of the spirit through faith, the kingdom of heaven will come inside of you by the spirit of God. His spirit will come inside of you and when he comes, he brings his joy, his peace, his righteousness to your heart. And you can leave this place with his peace in your heart, with his joy in your heart, with the assurance that you are forgiven. And you can live with his power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You can live with his power in your life to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to proclaim the gospel. Not because of you, but because the kingdom of heaven is inside of you. The spirit of God begins to manifest his kingdom through your life, his domain. His government, His authority, His presence begins to be manifested through your life. After doing this, Jesus will begin to heal every sickness and every disease. He would heal thousands. They would come from the capitalists, from Syria. They would come from Jerusalem. They would come from the towns, and they would, and He would spend hours praying for the sick, casting out demons, healing every type of sickness and every type of disease. Because his heart is full of compassion his heart is full of love the Bible tells us that one time he was teaching about the kingdom of heaven and I don't have time to go through this but this is just amazing if you have time when when you go home read Matthew 5 6 7 and read those chapters he spoke to you about what makes the kingdom of darkness manifest and what makes the kingdom of God manifest he says Lust causes the kingdom of darkness to manifest. He says, your eyes are the, are the windows to your soul. If your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. He spoke about anger, not to get angry. How anger causes the kingdom of darkness to manifest. He spoke about worry, not to worry about tomorrow. But To seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He spoke not to judge people. He spoke against divorce. He spoke about not swearing, about not loving God and money. And then he spoke about keys and secrets for his kingdom, for his power to manifest through your life. Three things that we must do in secret. He spoke about the importance of prayer in secret. Of talking to your father in secret. Of spending time alone with God it is awesome for you to come to conferences and to go to church and to get together with your brothers and sisters and pray but nothing should take the place of you and him alone in your room that's where he wants you alone in your room fellowship communion with the Holy Spirit he spoke about fasting Something that we don't like to talk about today in church. Most churches don't even practice it anymore. That's why the kingdom of heaven is not manifesting. He spoke about giving in secret. How when you give in secret, God will reward you in the open. And then he spoke about the most important thing is to love people. To love even our enemies. Because the kingdom of heaven manifests when you love people. When you have his compassion. When you're not seeking miracles, signs, and wonders, but you're moved by his compassion and his love for people. You're going to see how the kingdom of heaven manifests. The Bible says that he taught about his kingdom. healed every sickness, every disease, except one man. One man that was sitting in the shadow of death. One man who was sitting in darkness, rejected by society. Rejected because of his sickness and disease. He had leprosy, the Bible says. He had to live outside of the town. He was suffering. He was in pain. Not only physical sickness, but something worse than physical sickness is rejection of others. When people came close to him, he had to scream unclean and clean, and people would run away from him. He was alone, rejected, in sickness, in poverty, waiting for death. And Jesus came to the town. He didn't go to where he was. And I'm sure he was listening from a distance the message of the kingdom of heaven. And he was looking and hearing the testimonies. Maybe like you're watching online today from a distance. And you find yourself sitting in darkness, sitting under the shadow of death. And you hear the testimonies of what Jesus is doing, how he's healing the sick, delivering the oppressed. You're seeing the people rejoicing in God. You're seeing men rejoicing in the God of Israel. And he's looking from a distance, from far away. He has to make a decision. What is he going to do? Is he going to stay? the way he is, or is he going to go to where Jesus was? The law said that he couldn't enter the town. He had to make a decision. Was he going to continue to live in darkness? Was he going to continue to dwell under the shadow of death or go to where Jesus was? This man chose to humble himself. And go to Jesus. And the Bible says that when he came to Jesus, he did something amazing. He bowed down at the feet of Jesus and he worshipped Jesus. He didn't say, Lord, if you heal me, I'm going to worship you. Lord, if you deliver me, I'm going to follow you. In the midst of his pain, in the midst of his rejection, his sadness, his depression, in the midst of his sickness and disease, he worshipped Jesus. Because you don't worship Jesus for what he does. You worship him because who he is. You worship him because he's God. Because he's good. Because he's holy. Because he's righteous. Because he's merciful. Because he's kind. You worship him. These men recognize that Jesus was God. Because you worship God alone. But what these men did not know was if Jesus wanted to heal him. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. He said, Lord, I know you can heal me. I know you're powerful. I know you're God. I've seen the testimonies. I heard the testimonies. I've seen them with my own eyes. I know that you're able to make the paralyzed walk. I know that you're able to make the blind see. But he didn't know if he was willing and that's one of the things that stops many people from receiving healing and miracles. Because they feel they're not worthy to receive from God. They think God is willing to heal somebody else, but he's not willing to heal them. They think they're not good enough to receive, or they don't have enough faith maybe to receive. And they think, yes, God is good and he can heal in Sri Lanka. Yes, and he can heal Julia. And yes, he can heal people, but me, I don't know. I don't know if he's willing. I don't know if it is his will. And this is another teaching that sometimes people teach that sometimes Jesus' will to heal and sometimes he's not. So people don't know if it is God's will to be healed or maybe it's not God's will for me to be healed and I go through this sickness and, the, and through this disease and my suffering. I'm going to bring glory to God. There's a confusion because they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. Jesus never brought sickness or disease in one person. Jesus never caused somebody to suffer. If you want to know the God's, what is God's will, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. That is God's will. And Jesus came to heal the sick. And the Bible says that he healed every sickness and every sick, sick disease. The Bible says that every single one that touched Jesus was healed. That is his will. That is His will. But for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we need the kingdom of heaven. When the kingdom of heaven manifests, His will is done. And His desire, His will, is to heal every sickness and every disease. Jesus answered the question and He said, I am willing. I am willing, and if Jesus will look at you today in the eyes, he will say to you, I am willing to heal you. It is my desire to heal you. how might he was by his stripes were healed. he was stricken in his back thirty nine times that's how much he wanted to heal you. He was willing not only to be nailed to the cross but he was even willing to take 39 hits in his back for you to be healed. He established a covenant through his blood that by his stripes you are healed. He said, I am willing. And the Bible says that Jesus stretched his hand and touched them, And this man was immediately healed. Immediately the leprosy left him. Immediately healed. All you need is one touch from Jesus. Not a touch from men, but a touch from Jesus. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. And his hand is not shortened that he cannot heal, the scripture says. He's still willing to stretch his hand and to touch you and to heal you of every sickness and every disease. This man was immediately healed. And then Jesus said, go to the priests all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem, five days walking, and present yourself to the priest and take the offering that Moses commanded for the cleansing of leprosy. If you read the book of Leviticus, it shows what is the offering that a leper is supposed to present to the priest when he's healed of leprosy. For hundreds of years, nobody had presented this offering because nobody had ever been healed of leprosy. They probably wonder why did Moses write this if nobody's getting healed of leprosy? Because Moses knew that Jesus was coming. (laughs) And when he came, the lepers were going to be healed. And the priests were supposed to examine the leper that was healed. In the same way, if Jesus heals you, you go to the doctor, let him examine you. You have nothing to hide. If Jesus heals you, the medicine will prove that you are healed. Jesus said, Go and let them examine you, let them know, and that will be a testimony to them. That will be a testimony to your doctors that Jesus is the healer. I'll tell Julia, go back to your doctors and enter into the office walking, see what happens. (laughs) They're gonna flip back, you know? What a testimony. We defeat the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And then he was supposed to take two doves, and he would, the priest would examine him, and when he was healed, they would take one dove, they would sacrifice one dove, and they would go to the open field and release the other dove. One dove will die so the other dove could be free. It was a shadow of what Jesus was going to do for that leper. He wanted this leper to see. The most important miracle is not his physical healing, but his eternal salvation, his freedom from sin. So one dove was sacrificed, Jesus was sacrificed so that you can be free. And then he would take the blood and he would sprinkle the leper seven times. Because in seven places, Jesus would shed his blood for you and me. He shed his blood from his forehead when they put a crown of thorns in his head. So that your thoughts, your mind, may be delivered, your your thoughts and your minds may be cleansed, so that your mind may be set free. He shed his blood from his hands, from both of his hands when he was nailed to the cross, so that the evil things that you've done with your hands may be cleansed. He shed his blood from both of his feet when he was nailed to the cross, so that your daily walk will be cleansed. He shed his blood from his heart when he was pierced, so that you may be able to receive a pure heart so that you may be able to see God. And he shed his blood from his back so that by his stripes you may be healed. Jesus wanted this leper not only to receive a physical miracle, but he wanted him to receive the greatest miracle, which is the cleansing of his soul, the cleansing of his hands, the cleansing of his mind, the cleansing of his heart. There's something amazing about this, that Jesus came to these towns with this good message. He came to his own with good news. He healed every one of their sick. He blessed their children. He fed them. But they did not repent and they did not believe. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Yet, they did not repent. And they did not believe. The Bible says that Jesus said, he rebuked the cities in which most of his mighty works. Most of his miracles were done in these cities. Because they did not repent. He said, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works, if the miracles which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, It would have been remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. They received miracles, yet they went to hell. They were delivered, yet they went to hell. They were fed, they were blessed, they were prospered. They were given to eat, yet they descended to Hades. And his heart broke. His heart broke for his people. He said, "I came with good news. I paid for your salvation. I healed your sick. I delivered your oppressed. I blessed your children. I fed the hungry. And you did not repent. And you did not believe. If I would have done this entire in Sodom, which were Gentile cities, which were idolaters in Sodom." Which you know, the story of Sodom, there was perversion of every type. If I would have done these miracles there, they would have repented. Because the main reason why Jesus performs miracles, signs, and wonders, and why He manifests His kingdom is so that you may repent from your sins and so that you may believe in the gospel. Because it profits you nothing to be delivered, to be healed. To be financially blessed and then, like Capernaum, descend to hell, to Hades. It profits you nothing. Jesus desires to give you the greatest of all blessings. It's victory over the shadow of death. Victory over death. He desires to give you eternal life. He desires to save your soul. But you say, oh, I believe. It's not enough to believe. The devil believes and shakes and shudders. You must also repent. You must also change. You must also let go of sin. And if you do, his promise is unto you. The kingdom of God will come inside of you. His kingdom will give you peace. His kingdom will give you joy. Last week when I was in Israel, I was in Chorazin, this city. I was in all three of them. I was in Bethsaida, I was in Chorazin, and I was in Capernaum. They're all ruins. Ruins. And I was in the ruins of the synagogue in Chorazin where Jesus preached this message. I was standing there, and I was sharing this message for the TV episode. I was sharing this message. And there were two Jewish girls sitting there listening to me the whole time. You know, there's people who go in and out. And I was talking about the kingdom of heaven. And I was talking about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. When I finished, the two girls come walking to me. They said, why are you doing this here? This is a synagogue. This is a Jewish synagogue. Why are you talking about Jesus in a Jewish synagogue? And I said, because Jesus came here. <laughs> Literally, he came here. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but Jesus cursed this place. No, Jesus did not curse it. Jesus rebuked them. He loved them the same way He loves you. He loves the Jewish people. He loves you. He came to you first. He came to the Jewish people first, and then to us, the Gentiles. And I share with him the message of the kingdom. I share to him. I heard about the love of Christ. He sacrificed for them on the cross. I share to them about what Jesus taught, how he healed the sick, and I opened my heart to Him for like 30 minutes, I talked to them, and when I finished, talking to them and I, I asked them, do you want to believe? Do you, do you want to repent and believe? They looked at me and they said, no. Nope. <laughs> 2000 years later, they still reject Jesus. They still don't believe. The Jewish people still don't believe he's the Messiah. He's the Christ. They're still not willing to repent there's gonna come a day that their eyes are gonna be open and the Bible says that they're going, God's gonna pour the spirit of grace and supplication and their eyes are gonna be open to see the one whom they pierced and when they see the one who was pierced on the cross the Bible says that they're gonna weep like one weeps over like you lose your firstborn son the day is coming when their eyes are gonna be open but they chose not to repent they chose not to believe now Jesus comes with the same message to you today Because he loves you. He loves you. He wants you to experience his joy, his peace. He wants you to leave this place knowing that you're free. Free from all those thoughts of condemnation, guilt, shame, fear. Free from darkness. He wants you to leave this place with joy and peace in your heart. But it's up to you if you want to repent and believe in the gospel. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for for one moment if Jesus would be standing here before you tonight he would say these words to you the time is fulfilled this is your moment this is your time this is your day this is your day this is your day the kingdom of heaven Has come near to you those who are watching online Jesus would speak to you and he would say this is your day this is your time God's kingdom has come near to you the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself in you but you must repent and believe repent means You make a decision to change. It's a decision, a conscious decision. You feel the weight and the conviction of sin. And sin hurts you. And you realize that sin separates you from God. And you make a decision to turn away from sin. And then you believe. Even though you don't see it, you believe through faith. You believe that Christ paid for that sin for you. You will be saved. His kingdom will come inside of you if tonight you're here in this place and you want to say I want to repent from my sins and I believe that Christ died for me on the cross because I want his kingdom to come into my heart and I want to receive the free gift of eternal life I want to encourage you right there where you are standing to simply lift up one hand and lift it as high as you can yes Lord yes Lord their hands going up all over those who are watching online if you're watching online right there where you are simply lift up your hand God sees you I may not be able to see you but God sees you right there where you're watching his eyes are on you his eyes are on you and he's not here to judge you he did not come to judge he did not come to condemn he came to give joy to give peace to give freedom to give eternal life he's good He wants to come to you. The Holy Spirit desires to come to you. He desires to hide you under the shadows of His wings, with your hand uplifted. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer from your heart to the Lord. Say Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sin on the cross. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Jesus I believe you are the Christ the son of God Jesus I make a conscious decision to repent from my sins and believe in the gospel and I ask you tonight let your kingdom come into my heart let your spirit your holy spirit come into my heart, let your righteousness come to my heart, let your peace come into my heart, let your joy come into my heart, let your power come into my heart, fill me Lord with the Holy Spirit and let your spirit give testimony to my spirit that I'm your child, that I'm your son, that I'm your daughter. Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you to close your eyes and just lift up both hands to Him. Everyone, just lift up your hands to Him. Jesus said, Seek, seek first. kingdom and its righteousness you receive the kingdom but you also seek it he said take it by force you receive it, you take it you seek it with your heart and you will experience it tonight lift up your hands and say Lord I came to seek first your presence the presence of your spirit seek your kingdom because I desire your righteousness your peace your joy your power in my life come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit manifest your kingdom your kingdom of light your kingdom of love your kingdom of power and let all darkness flee Take away every shadow of darkness from my life. Cleanse my hands. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my soul with your blood. Come, Holy Spirit. Manifest your kingdom and your power. He is one of freedom. Jesus has power worship you Lord we exalt you Jesus we glorify you Lord darkness. Jesus, you want the victory for each one of us. If tonight you're here and you say, Lord, I want your kingdom in my life, I want your spirit, I want you to hide me under the shadows of your wings. I don't want to reject you, Holy Spirit, but I want you in my life because I need your peace, your joy. I want to know and have the assurance that I'm righteous. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. As we sing this song, I want to encourage you to come out of your seats and just come up to this altar. Come to this altar. I'm going to ask those at the altar to stand to your feet and come closer so there's room for everyone to come. If you need healing for your body come to this altar. The kingdom of God is here. If you need deliverance for your mind, for your soul, deliverance from fear, from depression, from addiction, come to this altar. Jesus is here to deliver you. If you want him to give you his peace, Jesus is here to give you peace. If you need forgiveness, come to this altar. He's here to forgive your sins. Come, come, come. Come, this leper, could have sat there and said if Jesus wants to he could come to me he knows where I am he knows my need but Jesus did not go to him the leper came to Jesus in the same way you must take the step of faith to Jesus the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you as you take that step of faith to him he will stretch his hand tonight to heal you He will stretch your hand to deliver you. His hand will touch you. His power will set you free. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. The victory has been won on the cross through His blood. All you have to do is repent and believe. Repent and believe tonight. Every eye closed. Every hand uplifted. worship him just like this man worship him as God worship Jesus as God worship him as your Lord as your King worship Jesus worship Jesus worship Jesus, worship Jesus. lift up your hands to him and worship him tonight for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Snapchat by using at @hungrygen. Stay blessed and we'll see you next week.